0: Welcome back to another episode of the Pandemic Job Hunt. This podcast aims to break down key techniques and to uncover the industry secrets to help you stand out in getting a job during this once in a lifetime pandemic we are living in. And I am your host, Andrew Barry. My next guest today is Jason Krause, former Canadian bobsledding champion, the managing director for Level 52, which is a high-performance leadership development platform and author. We had a wonderful conversation on his work, his philosophy on leadership, and the motivations behind his new book, The Science Behind Success, which officially launches on December 1st, 2020. The link to his book will be in the description below. Stay tuned. Hey, Jason. How are you?
1: Hey, Andrew. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on the show. I'm
0: glad you're on the show. Uh, What have you been up to lately?
1: Oh, raising four kids, running a business, um, putting energy into my marriage, all the things (laughs) that are most important.
0: Uh, Did you notice that uh, your business changed a lot uh, since the pandemic hit? huge it started as a
1: really painful mm-hmm. change but has truly created space opportunity and innovation that mm-hmm. undoubtedly sets us up better for the long run
0: i noticed on your website uh you do virtual uh, executive executive coaching and um uh, learning services Did you have that before COVID nineteen, or is this a new thing that I guess pushed your business to, you know, innovate and adapt in this new world?
1: No, you know, our executive coaching has, for the most part, been virtual. Okay, what what really changed was. The bulk of our business has been leadership development, Mm -hmm. a lot of in-person leader training Mm -hmm. where we would go everywhere from Singapore, Houston, Denver, Chicago, like across the world delivering leadership programs. And when COVID hit, the travel ban started, Mm -hmm. um, we lost a significant amount of business. And so Mm -hmm. me and the team asked ourselves, how do we still deliver the quality that we're used to mm-hmm. new environment and we quickly pivoted adjusted our programs into mm-hmm. virtual really high impact fast paced virtual mm-hmm. uh, learning environments and it, it's a better product
0: oh interesting yeah and like you mentioned that uh you, know, you had coaching around the world and you mentioned like singapore and i'm assuming you guys travel to those, those locations So now if you're offering this products and services around the world, how do you guys manage the time zone differences?
1: Uh, Well, that, that is a challenge. Um, We do have associates that work Mm -hmm. in other locations, so it does, it does make it easier. Um, But it is a bit of a challenge. For example, in, in January, we Mm -hmm. upcoming January, we launch a a bunch of programs Mm -hmm. in different time zones and it's, the great thing for a location like Singapore is if we start at 5 p.m., that's 9 a.m. in the morning.
2: Okay. Or, or sorry,
1: that would be 7 a.m. in the morning. Mm. But, and so it, we get the early risers, the people mm. that, that want to start their day early. Or of course, if we work with um, the European
0: time zone. Mm. A, definitely joy. much easier to work with a European time zone and stuff okay. like that. So uh, let me ask you a question. What is uh, leadership development? And when a client comes to you and and asks for their leadership development what do you bring to the table like what is what is the value add here what the value
1: add that we provide <clears throat> we have a, a slightly different approach to leadership development in that we use a science-based backdrop that makes mm-hmm. leadership make sense so number one you need to have the awareness the the invitation to see leadership different before you can demonstrate different behaviors as a leader. Mm-hmm. So having the scientific background definitely helps make leader mm-hmm. make sense. There's that. And then the other piece is approaching leadership, like any type of fitness.
2: Mm-hmm. If
1: you want to get stronger, if you want to lose weight, you don't just go for like a, a yearly two day workout. Right? Mm-hmm. You're not going to elevate your fitness. Mm-hmm. With having the intentional structure that you build to develop the leadership muscle, the leadership mindset, mm-hmm. and then the tools to demonstrate situational mastery.
0: Mm-hmm. So, you mentioned about the science uh, behind your services. Is that some type of framework you guys work with? And could you describe a little bit more about that, this framework? Yeah, we created it
1: in 2010. myself and a, and another gentleman named Steve Messler, we were both international bobsled athletes. Mm -hmm. He was American. I was Canadian. And we would constantly be speaking about the emerging science. Mm -hmm. And when I retired before him, he went on to win a gold medal in uh, the Vancouver Olympics. Mm -hmm. But when we retired, we were like, we said, we, we have to get this out into the world. We live mm-hmm. in high performance. We're both science mm-hmm. junkies. We can package package this into something that can really create a higher level of awareness around leadership. And so mm-hmm. I'll give you the, the the simple version of the what we call the science behind success.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Number one, understanding the physio- physiological requirements for growth and how that mm-hmm. shapes our mindset. It really, in its simplest version why no pain, no gain is a reality. And then Mm. how do you intentionally create and engage pain? We
2: can
1: can dive into that more later Mm. if if you like. Then the second one is understanding viral contagion, influence. Viruses have been a part of our leadership work from day one, 10 years ago. Understanding viral contagion and everything you spread as a leader is a virus from the words you say to the behaviors you bring into your environment. It doesn't matter if you're a leader in the business or a leader at home.
0: Mm-hmm. Children. It's a, it's a very interesting uh, analogy Use uh, analogy that you use uh, the virus analogy. So you're saying like when it comes to leadership, uh, it's a constant ongoing active participation on your end to be leader in not just say your career field, but in the other aspects in your life. So that knock on effects and, and virality continues. Is that, is that where you're coming from here?
1: Oh, e- exactly. It doesn't matter. It, even if you remove the word leader, mm-hmm. understanding that you always have influence to a group, whether it's your peer group, mm-hmm. children, whatever it is, and you're a walking virus machine. Mm-hmm. The words you say, behaviors you demonstrate, the clothes you wear, mm-hmm. it, it's its all based around the pseudoscience of memetics. You know, internet memes, mm-hmm. but memes are the building blocks of culture. And so anything that you express or demonstrate into the environment will operate like a virus. It will mm-hmm. integrate, it will colonize or infect, mm-hmm. replicate, and spread.
0: Interesting. So... When you, meet, when you talked about earlier, the first uh, pillar of your framework to, um, pain here, uh, can you like dive into more about this pain? Uh, how do you identify, I would say, I guess stresses here, like you, know, when it comes to no pain, no gain, you know, you're kind of facing various stressors in your life. How do you identify what is good stress versus bad stress? And where can you tap into that? I'm, I'm assuming that's where you're coming from with this no pain analogy. Yeah. The definition of hypertrophy, that's the process a muscle goes through to
1: work, is that when a muscle is subjected to stress or resistance, mm-hmm. it adapts by growing. Mm-hmm. And so if you really grab hold of that statement, then you realize that, okay, stress and resistance is not only beneficial, it's required for me to grow as an individual. And then when you say stress, it's understanding that there are simply two types of mm-hmm. stress. This is a simplification mm-hmm. events that create distress where I perceive as a threat or danger and events that create you stress a, where I can perceive the benefits of this. Mm-hmm. If we take, for example, the pandemic mm-hmm. job losses, like all, all of those are painful. The immediate appraisal is mm-hmm. this is a bad experience. Mm-hmm. Now, You can process that, you can be in that space, give yourself permission to be human, Mm -hmm. where we get leaders to move towards as quickly as possible, is to taking that information and now what's important about how we use it to move forward. And the term that we use is inviting leaders to become meaningful masochists. Mm-hmm. How do you truly embrace and find joy in the pain that you're now facing? Mm-hmm. It's helping you pursue the vision that's important. It's elevating your fitness. I've lost my job. There are fewer jobs out there,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and so we can lament about the fact that I don't have a job. There are fewer jobs are out there. victimize mm-hmm. myself and be an object of the situation,
2: mm-hmm.
1: or. You can truly embody the meaningful masochist mindset, Mm -hmm. which is there are fewer jobs. I'm going to exercise, elevate my fitness Mm -hmm. so that when it comes to interviewing for this job, I clearly stand out. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, we just, we get stuck in the homeostatic environment, the domestication of Mm -hmm. like just going with easy street.
0: Yeah. I like, I like what you said right there. It reminds me of, um, I remember I was listening to a podcast maybe five, six months ago, at the, like the start of the pandemic and everything was shutting down and whatnot. And I, I was, I think it was, um, Ryan holiday podcast. And he, he talked about this concept of like choosing a lifetime versus dead time. And this whole idea is you are aware that, you know, this is not the best time to, you know, to do your business because, you know, this is a extraordinary circumstances we're all living in. And, you know, we're in a pandemic where uh, we're being locked down. However, you have all this extra time in your hands. Choose your time. You can still be using those time wisely to be productive, to, you know, build your own business or, you know, building some certain new skills that you want to do, with this extra time versus just sitting at home watching TV or just browsing the internet is you want to choose the alive time. And I think he gave a good analogy is a, a Shakespeare during his uh, time when he was alive, he was also actually going through a, a lockdown in his own, uh, in his own lifestyle lifespan. There was like the black plague happening in Europe. And during lockdown, he was actually writing a bunch of his latest plays which then became famous and that was a good analogy like okay we're in this circumstances now it's out of your control but what you have in control is your time and yourself uh make use of that uh for like for the better
1: i love what you're saying and it's it it goes along with the mindset that we Mm -hmm. invite leaders and it's understanding deviance breeds innovation Mm -hmm. When all of a sudden there's a drastic change, it facilitates that opportunity for innovation.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: We can instantly label them bad. It's just they're different.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And what Shakespeare had and what you're explaining is a creative constraint mm-hmm. or a process of innovation. If you want to change something, remove the things you rely on most. If you want to get more creative... Um, the best thing that could happen to you is to ditch your phone for a week. Mm-hmm. It, Like all of these things that are hard, but necessary creative constraints are what mm-hmm. facilitate that next leap in your capability. Mm-hmm. It's essential.
0: So let's go back to your leadership development uh, services. Uh, who are the types of clients that reach out to you? And like, who are the types of people who realize they need that service? Is it, say, clients who, you know, onboard a new ma- a bunch of new management graduates and they want to, uh, you know, transform them into the mindset of like having a leadership mindset in their company? Or do you have like one-off individuals who are reaching out to you and like, hey, I need some leadership coaching. Uh, could you highlight a little bit more about the type of clients you're working with?
1: Mm-hmm. So executive coaching, Senior leaders, executives, mm-hmm. one-on-one leadership development. This is part of the the innovation our company has gone through. Is pre-pandemic, everything for the most part was run through organizations. Mm-hmm. Organizational client was would bring us in to work with primarily mm-hmm. their middle managers. Mm-hmm. We started mm-hmm. experimenting, and now this is a the bulk base of our business is now open enrollment. We have you know, 15 to 30 people in our programs mm-hmm. where one organization will put in five people and mm-hmm. there might be some individuals from organizations. But here we went from working with one business in one location to now we run our virtual programs. Mm-hmm. And we've got 16 participants from Edmonton to Singapore to Toronto and Boston in companies like uh, Google TD bank, Mm -hmm. like like industries from that are all over the map now Mm -hmm. coming together and exercising their leadership in Mm -hmm. highly collaborative environment.
0: Mm. Do you, do you ever do in your leadership exercises, uh, one of those, uh, you know, at the beginning of leadership development, I've been to like a few in my lifetime already. Uh, do you know the marshmallow test? Have you heard of it?
1: Well, it depends. There, there are a couple of marshmallow tests.
0: Oh, okay. Uh, this is a the marshmallow test where um, there's a bunch of uh it's a pasta and marshmallow test. I think there's like ten pasta sticks or twenty pasta sticks, and there's like a bunch of marshmallow, or maybe there's one marshmallow, but you have like certain amount of constraint constraints to it. I think there's a one piece of tape and whatnot, yeah. and the goal is to get people into different groups, maybe three to four. And you use the tools, you know, the pasta sticks and you try to make the tallest tower where you can elevate the, the, the marshmallow at the highest level and just observe how people collaborate and observe what kind of leaders are there. Have you have you heard of this test and like uh, have you implement that into your maybe framework or maybe have some other test that you use to like kind of like gauge leadership? I have heard of that test. I've experienced that test. And, you know,
1: that is a great example of the way that we've had to pivot with the virtual training, right? Because we've had a lot of great exercises Mm -hmm. that work in person, but how do you now take that um, into a virtual environment? Mm -hmm. Um, A common icebreaker we use, and for a variety of reasons, right out of the gates, is an Mm -hmm. exercise that we call commonalities. where we start we create a competitive environment mm-hmm. For example if you, if you and i started as a pair uh, mm-hmm. our job is to find as many things we have in common in 2 mm-hmm. seconds mm-hmm. we capture how many things we we got in common and then we mm-hmm. get paired up with another group of four or another group mm-hmm. uh, another pair to make a group of four and mm-hmm. things, and then that group of four pairs up with another, and so you have a group of eight. And you're you're seeking to get more things in common than the other group of eight. Mm-hmm. And not only is it a great warm up for people to get to know each other, but it very specifically creates an environment of psychological safety. When mm-hmm. when I get into a new environment, we all do. Subconsciously, we're scanning the environment for where we stack. What we make Mm -hmm. up about these people. Oh, that person's taller than me. They've got more hair than me. They're dressed nicer than me. And your Mm -hmm. focus is on the differences. Whereas this deliberate exercise has us all point our attention to what we have in common, how you're like me. And it's Mm -hmm. an instant environment setter that creates the space that's welcoming and safe.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Okay. So obviously you pivoted that, uh, that transition. So it's obviously very interesting that you have, the, I guess, these um, cohorts of leaders from across the companies. And I guess one big advantage is that the fact that you're bringing these leaders across different, I guess, verticals, different uh, companies, and they all have their own, I guess, idea what leadership is. And I think every single company molds their own leaders in their own way. Uh, it's also great the fact that when you're combining all these different people, these different mindsets of what leadership is, I'm sure you're creating some really interesting one leadership insights for yourself. Uh, Number two, all these different participants are then exposed to the various leadership styles from different companies. And I think that I guess it becomes like a hot pot of new ideas. And like, could you maybe tell a story or an example when you saw this, um, cross-company leadership exchange and how has that impacted your companies in terms of like their view of like leadership because i'm sure every time you do uh, you introduce your framework and you provide these leadership courses you know, you're constantly evolving you're constantly trying to like learn new things to make sure you're always standing out and to make sure like you're providing the best leadership development framework as you possibly can
1: every program we deliver is better than the one previous exactly Mm -hmm. because the participants um, help facilitate the innovation of our programs that's Mm -hmm. just that's partly uh because of the information we get our obsession Mm -hmm. with delivering more value and Mm -hmm. enrolling the people to be our participants to be in part of that process Mm -hmm. but when you talk about the the cross collaboration We start very early on asking people what their definition of leadership is. And this is the fascinating thing with leadership. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Nobody has the same definition. Mm -hmm. We all have some similarities Mm -hmm. that we ask people to write down what their definition is. There are never duplicates. Um, Mm -hmm. And here's the important part. The definition of leadership is far less important than what your definition of leadership is Mm -hmm. and that like that's meaningful leadership when you can can bypass the need to define leadership and Mm -hmm. truly own here's what it is to me and here's how i express it in my environment Mm
0: -hmm. when you're working with these different companies do you also say tailor the program a little bit by say different cultures of leadership because i know I used to work with, uh, you know, American clients and people from the States. They have a different view of leadership. You know, they're a lot more, I guess, I, depends on the States as well. If it's like East Coast versus like the Southern States and like versus West Coast, they all have their own flavors of leadership. And I can say it's true for like, you know, Vancouver and like Toronto and um, and also Alberta. We all have different flavors of leadership. And do you have any challenges trying to like, um, you know, teach your leadership framework to these different, I guess, leadership cultures or our flavors.
1: Knock on wood. No. Mm-hmm. While there are many, like the, the learning culture in Singapore say, or mm. to Austin is different.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: It, the, while there are different learning environments, the, the content doesn't change. We, we aren't, a customizable offering we're more configurable we kind of configure to Mm -hmm. the little nuances that you need we bring Mm -hmm. more relevant challenges topics that the leaders are facing but this is where it's it's like your fitness program a great Mm -hmm. a great fitness trainer a coach isn't going to say hey andrew here's my plan Mm you're going to look at you based on your disposition the goals the wants you have. And they're going to help create or help you make the most out of the program for you. Mm-hmm.
0: So from the years you've been working with this program and working with leaders across the world, what would you say are the some of the top characteristics that you have identified in successful leaders? There's two. Hunger. What are the two? <laughs> Hunger and humility. Okay.
1: The, the mm-hmm. hunger, the desire to want to be better. And it's not a, I want to be better so that I can get the accolades, the bone, mm-hmm. the, the meteoric rise to the C-suite,
2: mm-hmm.
1: the hunger to serve and create impact mm-hmm. that you, you, someone shows up with that, then mm-hmm. you know that they're, they're going to make a big impact in their business. And the mm-hmm. second one is humility. Okay. Nobody likes to work with the smartest hog in the herd, the person that's always trying to mm-hmm. prove that they know everything. Mm-hmm. Where a great leader has the confidence that they ha- they ha- they can be resourceful, more mm-hmm. just to solutions, but they have the humility in understanding that even their expertise is outdated. It's based on work today. Well it can hold value. Mm-hmm. The humility that I'm here because I've worked hard, but also mm-hmm. the the insatiable desire
0: to learn more. Mm-hmm. Okay, hunger and, hunger and humility. You know, this reminds me of a book I read back when I was in university. Actually, it's a book called Weology. It's by Peter Asito. He is the former. CEO of Tandrin. Um, I'm sure you're aware of the Tandrin Bank in Canada. It's like a digital bank. And I think he released this book, I'm not too sure, like quite a while ago. Anyways, in his concept, uh, the title of the book is called Weology. He He's a big believer in the concept of we, not just you and I. It's like, we are doing this together. We are building this. And the we, 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 I think this is was his way to show humility that he always had to make sure that the people he was uh, that, that was working for him or like his team members, he was doing everything he could do to make sure like when he is leading that everyone's interest is aligned and like he's making sure that he's taking care of the people he works with, and knows to himself that he doesn't know everything. So by focusing on the we and focusing on team. He, as a leader, he tries to spend his time making sure he's able to make high level decisions, uh, at least like a few high level decisions per day versus like a bunch of low level decisions throughout the day so he can have the biggest impact in his company. And by doing so, he is just, uh, with the concept of we, just intaking information from the people he works with. So, like, this shows his humility that uh, he doesn't know everything. So, that's why the idea of the we. So, yeah, what do you think of that?
1: Well, it's great. It, I mean, when you, when you say the intake of information, it's whether it's the, the empathy, the way you listen, what mm-hmm. you receive with genuine curiosity, your inputs affect the expression of mm-hmm. your leadership, of mm-hmm. organizational knowledge. Mm-hmm. So I love it.
0: So let's now talk about a little bit about uh, your book. I saw on your website uh, there is a soon-to-be-released book called The Science Behind um, Success. Can you tell me a little bit more about this book, when did you start writing it, uh, the development process, and and what can we expect from the book?
1: It was going to become a book in 2010 when this idea was born. And mm-hmm. when Steve Messler and I, we piloted it at the University of uh, Florida Warrington School of Business, and everyone was excited about it. It was it was new. It was fresh content. And we started delivering it to senior executive teams,
2: mm-hmm. and it
1: was this neat program. And there was a problem with it. They were all ideas and no application. Okay. A very little application.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so the last eight years, I would say, mm-hmm. have been the exercise in, like, leadership development doesn't need more ideas, more, you know, mm-hmm. more models. What they need to do is help you and me with mm-hmm. these ideas and move the ball down the field in my leadership effectiveness. Mm-hmm. So the last eight years have been heavy on finding application. And so the book, long process, more specifically mm-hmm. since COVID, that was the gift that mm-hmm. helped create the space to finish this book. But it's it's our leadership approach, science-based background, with and there's it's edgy
2: mm-hmm.
1: and it's filled with tools of application. So you don't leave Mm -hmm. going, hey, that's a cool idea. How the heck do I do it? Mm -hmm.
0: So you have a very practical approach when it comes to leadership. And with this book, you're trying to provide practical tips. You mentioned edgy. What do you mean by edgy in terms of leadership? Could you expand that a little bit? Well,
1: if you look at a lot of the historical books, like Mm -hmm. Blanchard, John Maxwell, they're very proper, buttoned up. Mm -hmm. They're very gentle books. While it mm. stands on things, which is important, ours is it's got more edge when you talk about the concept of meaningful masochism, positive mm. deviance concepts in our book. And, and the way that we bring in the, the responsibility element of leadership, all of your challenges as a leader are a result of things that you have or haven't done. And if you mm-hmm. Find yourself complaining about them, then you're not going to find a solution. And I, and that one of the edgy, one of the, the, edgy comments, for example, is an uncle's comment. Uh, one of my friends, he's uh, his uncle used to say, "If everywhere you go smells like shit, it's time to check <laughs> your underpants." Okay. Right. And so <laughs> that's an example of the comment of, you know. It's out there on the edge, but it's real. Mm-hmm. You, you yeah. both know people that spend their time complaining about yeah. these people and mm-hmm. situations where you go, hey, man, I think the problem might be you. Mm-hmm.
0: So this book is raw. This book is, uh, I guess, a bit in your face and just very, I guess, uh based in reality of like what you've done through the past 10 years of your research of what what works for in terms in terms of leadership and leading organizations leading team or just personal leadership and i think that's what you're trying to put into this book i also was aware that you also wrote uh, another book uh called level 52 uh some time ago could you talk a little bit more about that book and how that was a stepping stone to. I'm ass, I'm assuming that was a stepping stone to the whole idea of Little Fifty Two, yeah. uh, the, the company, and then now the science behind success. Yeah,
1: great question. Uh, the book is called Fifty Two People, mm-hmm. and it was it was a really dear project that didn't start with the intent mm-hmm. of being a book, but the the catalyst for it was going into the 2006 Olympics. Mm -hmm. I was ranked top 10 in the world in the sport of golf Mm -hmm. sled and my childhood best friend, roommate, him and his wife lived with me and he had been battling cancer for a long time. Mm -hmm. And just before the, the Olympic season started, he took a turn for the worse, flew home, Mm -hmm. was with him. He passed um, Mm -hmm. while I was by his side. And the, the grief that I continued to carry, I just, I didn't, I didn't understand it and mm-hmm. until it hit me that ultimately the grief was the fact that he died a stranger to me, my best friend, mm-hmm. because all I did was avoid the reality, his discomfort. Mm-hmm. We distracted ourselves through video games. We go thing, mm-hmm. you know, anything. I thought my job was to take him out of the fact that he was sick and dying. And so what was the cost or the downside of that is after he died, I realized that I missed so many of the opportunities to have real in mm-hmm. vulnerable conversations with him mm-hmm. to say, Hey, Dallas, are you like, are you scared? Mm-hmm. What's it like? You know, all mm-hmm. of those things.
0: Uh, you talked, talked about vulnerability, and, you know, what you just said was a very vulnerable statement to say on, like, a podcast. Um, a lot of people, I think, struggle with vulnerability. And you mentioned something where you used to distract yourself through training and whatnot. Uh, these these actions, I'm sure you've heard of Brené Brown. Um, she has a famous TED Talk on the idea of vulnerability and the science behind vulnerability. And she says that people, when they're trying to numb certain emotions, certain like difficult conversations that you need to be having, and you could numb this by, you know, certain activities. It could be, uh, you know, using drugs or just escaping while doing like just being dig into your own work and you're neglecting other parts of your life. When you're numbing uh, certain emotions, you're also numbing all the positive emotions as well, meaning when you're numbing, you're not experiencing the full breadth of the, the human experience. Uh, and it's important that as an individual, you have to embrace vulnerability in order to fully experience the full breadth of the human experience, uh, as I mentioned. And I think some of the best leaders I know really tap into their vulnerability and are able to um, have these difficult conversations, and people who are in general embracing their vulnerability, those people are generally risk takers. There, for example, they are those individuals who says "I love you" to another person first, instead of like kind of waiting until like the other person says "I love you" back. It's they're the one who's risking it and are willing to put themselves out there and f- to face the potential rejection of whatnot. And I think. This concept of tapping into vulnerability is very, very important for us on an individual level basis, but in just leadership in general, it's, it's the whole thing. What you mentioned about humility uh, is being vulnerable. You're you're putting your raw self out there for the potential like uh, being hurt. However, when you put uh, yourself out there, you take that risk. There are going to be certain doors that will open to you that will be so, I guess, fruitful so beneficial and so rewarding by going through that difficult, I guess, path. And I think for you, you mentioned, um, you know, your story about your friend passing, and then you embracing this whole vulnerable side of yourself to have these conversations and have like a deeper understanding what other people were feeling uh, led you to uh, this process of, uh, you know, this level 52 and leadership development and trying to figure out what it takes to be a great leader
1: yeah you know the the whole process <clears throat> how it led to level 52 is you know based on my realization of dallas dying and that he was a stranger to mm-hmm. me, then the question was how willing would random strangers be to mm-hmm. engage in vulnerable conversations so every mm-hmm. week i went and in, approached a random stranger wherever i was in the world and this became a blog and which then at the end of it that the structure over 52 weeks
2: mm-hmm.
1: ended up with i had the the base for a book and someone said hey you should turn this into a book and so mm-hmm. i did but that example when you look at level 52
2: mm-hmm.
1: you've probably heard this saying that you overestimate what you can do in a day but underestimate mm-hmm. what you can do in a year and so with mm-hmm. level 52, if I'm working with you, Andrew, we help you define what's important to you. What skills mm-hmm. do you want to develop? Now let's create the structure over mm-hmm. two weeks, get clear mm-hmm. so that you can up level. And by the end of the year, be at level 52 mm-hmm. of the areas that you want to improve in.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I would say thank you for your time, Jason. I I think we've covered a lot of great conversations and a lot of great topics on this uh, episode so far. Uh, I really like your take on leadership and the service you've been doing and providing with Level 52 and really trying to help leaders elevate their game to Level 52. And um, However, towards the end of my podcast, I always give one minute uh, for my guests to maybe promote anything they want to promote. So the floor is yours, Jason. Mm -hmm. I would
1: love it if your listeners would buy my new book, The Science Behind Success, What Every Mm -hmm. Leader Needs to Know About Mm Mindset, Influence, Culture, and Performance. Mm -hmm. Goes on sale November 23rd. We've got -hmm. some great pre-sale activities that launch on November 16th. All of this you can find on level Fifty Two.
0: Sounds good. Thank you so much, Jason. This is the end of the show. Thank you for tuning into the Pandemic Job Hunt podcast. As always, I would love to get feedback, so don't hesitate to get in touch through my Twitter at Andrew H.N. or LinkedIn.